Hello, my name is Dean Bobar, and I am the Adult Life Minister at Christ Pacific Church in Huntington Beach, California. As a church, we are seeking to cultivate a vibrant community of faith, hope, and love that follows Jesus into the world so our neighbors may also experience God's goodness. You're listening to our Year in the Bible podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us or to subscribe to this podcast, visit us at cpchb.org. Today is April 13th, the day after Easter, when we have just remembered and celebrated the resurrection of our King Jesus. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed, and the King of Kings reigns. And tomorrow, our year in the Bible journey leads us into the book of Judges, where we are told story after story that illustrate our need for a king and for the very presence of God. As we move from Judges to the book of Ruth right after that, we see how God's gracious provision sometimes comes in circuitous ways, because Ruth surprisingly becomes the great-grandmother-in-law of King David, into whose line Jesus is born. So Ruth provides us with a kind of foretaste of what is to come, or shall we say, who is to come. So on this day after Easter, we celebrate our resurrected and reigning Jesus, who is both king over us and God with us, the solution to the problem that will be portrayed to us in the book of Judges. Now, the setting of the book of Judges is the land promised to the Israelites, the land into which the tribes of Israel have finally entered after a long wandering season in the Sinai wilderness. After 40 long years, finally they had arrived. Everything ought to be good now. Yet as the book of Judges makes clear, the Israelites' arrival is clearly only a geographic arrival because they demonstrate over and over again that they have decisively not arrived as the people holy to the Lord your God, as Deuteronomy 7, 6 indicates that they ought to be. The final line of Judges is the book's theme verse. It says, In those days there was no king in Israel. All the people did what was right in their own eyes. That phrase is repeated over and over again throughout the book. The people did what was right in their own eyes. The whole book is a series of stories that are variations on the theme of Israel's repeated disobedience. An example of this disobedience is Samson's marriage to the Philistine woman Timnah in chapter 14 of Judges. Samson's parents tried to talk him out of marrying her since she was a foreigner And God forbade intermarriage with these foreigners because they did not worship the Lord their God. Nevertheless, Samson, in his stubbornness, says, Get her for me because she pleases me. Now, the Hebrew wording there for she pleases me is actually, She is right in my eyes. It's the same wording that's used throughout the book as the theme that all the people did what was right in their own eyes. Even more importantly than this lack of central leadership in Israel was the lack of Yahweh at the center of Israel's life. 
Not one time in the book of Judges does Israel seek out Yahweh the Lord. Not once. There's no mention of God's presence in the midst of the people. We do read that the Spirit of the Lord comes upon Gideon and Jephthah and Samson, but nothing more. This lack of God's presence is highlighted by the absence of any mention whatsoever of the tabernacle that that Joshua had set up in Shiloh. The tabernacle was the place which represented God's presence among God's people, and it is nowhere to be found in the book of Judges, noticeably absent. The gruesome story that concludes the book demonstrates the kind of downward spiral of the Israelites. Without a king, and more importantly, without the presence of the Lord, the people repeatedly do whatever is right in their own eyes, and the results are disastrous. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6 could be considered, well, is the antidote to the repeated problems that we read about in Judges. Proverbs 3 reads like this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. So as we move to the book of Ruth, we move into rays of hope. As Gordon Fee and Douglas Stewart point out in their marvelous little resource book called How to Read the Bible Book by Book, they point this out, writing, The tragic pattern in Judges points to the next phase of God's great story of redemption, which will begin to move forward considerably through the stories of Ruth and of her great-grandson, David. So the book of Ruth offers a bright hope in the midst of the dark and downward spiral that is the book of Judges. The story that unfolds in the book of Ruth takes place in Bethlehem in the days when the Judges ruled. Now, while the book of Judges highlighted the covenant disloyalty of the Israelites, the book of Ruth demonstrates that there were still pockets of covenant loyalty in Israel. Naomi, Boaz, and even Ruth the foreigner, they all demonstrate covenant loyalty to Yahweh by the way they live and by the way they treat people. The overarching storyline of the book of Ruth centers on Naomi, Ruth's mother-in-law. Perhaps the name of the book really ought to be Naomi, not Ruth. Naomi's life begins with emptiness, envisaged through the absence of a husband or sons to carry on the family name. Her emptiness turns to an awakened hope through both Ruth and Boaz's kindness towards her, which ultimately becomes realized hope through the birth of a son, Obed, who is the grandfather of David, who is the, quote, father of Jesus of Nazareth. The character Boaz is the kinsman redeemer, a role that Deuteronomy 25 permits, a role where a close family member of a woman who becomes a widower and has no children can step in. 
So here's how it works. The deceased husband's brother or closest male relative would redeem the family and its name by taking the widower in as his wife and providing for her to have children. Now, it sounds strange to us. It would be strange today. But in the honor-shame-based culture of the ancient world, doing this, being a kinsman redeemer, was the compassionate thing to do. And in God's gracious sovereignty, Boaz's act of redemption towards Naomi's family results in the provision of the one, Jesus of Nazareth, who offers redemption not only to Naomi's family, but to all the families of the earth. And thus, the books of Judges and Ruth point us out of the downward spiral of disobedience and toward the hope of Jesus Christ, who is our kinsman redeemer. Thanks so much for joining us for our Year in the Bible podcast. If you'd like to hear more about our Year in the Bible campaign to subscribe or learn how you can become engaged with us as a church, please visit us at cpchb.org.